Amen. All right. Well, Joey, here's how it went, okay? Uh, Bill's week, apparently. Uh, first of all, it started with Bill's truck breaking down, right? But you got to get to work, so he, he decided to take the bus to work. And so he gets on the bus there, and he notices this uh, older lady there, and she's sitting right in front of him. And she turns around, and she offers Bill a handful of almonds, right? Well, Bill, he totally forgot about breakfast, you know, the truck breaking down and all. So he's grateful, and he's munching up those almonds and chewing them up. And in fact, about every five minutes, this lady repeats the gesture and gives Bill even more almonds during the whole bus drive. And so just before the bus was to let Bill off, uh, he asked the lady why uh, she didn't eat the almonds herself. And she said, well, it's not possible with her old teeth. She's not able to chew them. And so Bill asked, well, well why do you buy them then? And the lady said, I just love to suck the chocolate off of them. Yeah, so after Bill brushed his teeth 14 times, ate 800 packs of gum, okay, he finally gets to the office. And he gets to the office there, and later that day, he goes to the park for lunch with Diane, you know, romantic time there. And they're taking this romantic walk in the park there, and Diane, she notices this young man and woman, they're sitting on this park bench, you know, passionately kissing and all, and she, she turns to Bill, and she says, hey, why don't you do that? And Bill turns to Diane and says, hey, Diane, I don't even know that woman. So Diane obviously storms off, leaves Bill at the park, ditches him there, okay? But later that night, she's feeling a little guilty about how she ditched Bill at the park and all, and so she decides to be romantic one more time, you know, before the night's over. And, and she's downstairs, Bill's upstairs, and so she sends Bill this text. Listen, she goes, if you're sleeping, send me your dreams. If you're laughing, send me your smile. If you're eating, send me a bite. If you're drinking, send me a sip. If you're crying, send me your tears. I love you. And Bill texted back, I'm in the bathroom, please advise. Just give it up, right? Just give it up as a conclusion right there. You know what I'm saying? No matter what they tried that day, it just wasn't going to work for Bill and Diane, right? Let's close in prayer. No, let's move on, okay? But believe it or not, folks, this lesson of futility, okay, is the same thing that's about to happen to our whole planet. You talk about just give it up, man. It's a bad idea. Our whole planet actually thinks this, that they can't wait for those nasty, nasty, obtrusive Christians to disappear in the planet. Why, once those Christians disappear at the rapture, we could usher in this time of utopia. It'd be great. Get rid of them. When you talk about, you better just give it up. Run from that idea, because that's not going to happen, folks. It's an idea doomed to fail. The, the Bible clearly says if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, you are going to be catapulted into the seven-year tribulation, and that is not a joke. It's way worse than almonds without chocolate. Do I need to text it to you? Okay, the Bible says it's an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. Jesus said it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind. In fact, it's so horrible unless God did stop it at that seven-year period. Bang! The entire human race destroyed. Ongoing, his wrath being poured on this planet nonstop for seven years, okay? But praise God, God's not just a God of wrath, which again is not bad. That means he's going to put it into all this baloney going on and in. He's also got to love as well. And because he loves you and I, he gives us so many warning signs in advance to let us know when it's getting close. The seven-year tribulation and prior to that, the rapture of the church. So in order to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day of those almonds, okay, uh, we're going to continue our study. That's right, uh, the final countdown, okay? And so far, we've already seen the first eight updates on the final countdown study, and that was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, the rise of apostasy, and the last uh, three times was the rise of a one-world religion. And what we saw there is God lovingly foretold you and I, when we see across this planet all the religions on the planet coming together as one, as well as the elimination of those who won't go along with this program via the homosexual movement and the ecumenical movement, but last time with this worldwide assimilation of believers, the world's definition of believers, that you can believe whatever you want and all paths lead to heaven. That's a lie. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by him. That's what he said. I didn't. Okay, and Jesus doesn't lie. And this is being done, this promotion is being done through the Vatican. And we saw that the Vatican right now is not only trying to control and has been for a long time all the governments around the world, listen, but they're also right now encouraging all the religions around the planet to come together as one under their umbrella, even the Protestant church. And what we're seeing right now, folks, is for the first time since the Protestant Reformation, the Protestant church is going back under the umbrella of Rome. The Bible calls that the last day's global harlot religious system. And you don't want to be a part of it. It's forming right now before our very eyes. The church is going back to Rome. 
Man, we're living in the last days. But that's not all. The ninth update on the final countdown study, letting us know we're living in the last days, is you're also going to see the rise of a one world what? Government, not just a religion. You're going to see the rise of a one world government. Believe it or not, folks, the Bible is very clear. It's been there for nearly 2,000 years in the book of Revelation. Our whole planet is going to be under the control of, under the authority, under the government, if you will, of a guy, and his name is the Antichrist. That's right, Mario, the Antichrist. You had to rub your beard a couple times and it popped out. I like that technique, by the way. Uh, the Antichrist, okay? Uh, and by the way, that's, you think our government's challenging now? <laughs> you don't want to be a part of this one. This one actually is inspired by Satan. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Revelation 13. Revelation 13 is going to be our opening text here as we take a look at this. Now, if you find the tables of weights and measures, what do you do? <laughs> Turn left. Okay. Uh, Revelation 13, let's take a look at the classic text, dealing with the beast out of the sea, dealing with the Antichrist, okay? And uh, is this guy really going to control uh, the planet, have that kind of authority, i.e. have a global government? Yeah, the Bible's very clear about that. But let's take a look there. Uh, Revelation 13, verse 1 says, And I saw a beast, the Antichrist, coming out of the sea. And he had ten horns and seven heads and with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon, defined in the text as Satan, okay, gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. And one of the heads of the beast seemed to have this fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished, and they followed the beast. In fact, men worshiped the dragon, Satan, if you can believe that, because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshiped the beast and asked, who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? And then the beast, the Antichrist, was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God, to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. And he was given power to make war against the saints, those who get saved after the seven-year tribulation, and to conquer them. And listen, he was given authority over who? Every, what's it say there? Every tribe, every people, every language, and every nation. How many guys would say that it probably means the planet? Okay, and that's exactly what's going on. The Bible says, believe it or not, folks, as wild as it sounds, one day all the inhabitants of the earth are going to be under the authority, the government of who? One guy, specifically the Antichrist. One day, the Bible predicted, how do you know you're in the last days? These are events that take place during the seven-year tribulation. And again, the rapture takes place prior. That's the motivating point. That you're going to see our world, all the governments combined into one, and it's actually going to be inspired by Satan himself with the Antichrist at the helm. Okay, so the question for you and I today is, could that really happen? Could our world really be deceived into creating a one-world government that's satanically inspired? And listen, is there any evidence that it's going to take place anytime soon? Or is this 50 years off? No. And if you're paying attention, folks, it's already happening right now. And the first proof we know that we're really headed for this one-world government is the quotation proof. The quotation proof. Pay attention to what they're saying, folks. They tell you if you know what to listen for. Now, what most people don't realize is this one world government is not only going to be put into place because, hello, God said it's going to happen, okay, and he never gets it wrong, he doesn't lie, but what they don't realize is it's been in the planning stages for a long time, a long time, and this is where you got to do your homework and pay attention to what's coming out of the talking head's mouths, okay, listen to their verbiage, they give it away, they have code words, buzzwords, Okay, and if you want to understand that there's uh, to describe this one world uh, government, they've got some buzzwords. Certainly, there is new world order. That means one world government. They also have another phrase called a global governance. That's one world government. They have another one, international order. That's global governance. It's, it's one world government. It's all the same thing. It's the same thing we saw before with a one world religion. When you hear phrases like interfaith, interfaithism, multi-faith, multiculturalism, coexist, things of that nature, ecumenicalism, supplant what that is. That means one world religion. And so it is with this. When you see these buzzwords, new world order, global governance, international order, it speaks of the same thing, one world government. So when you see that in the print, in the news, wherever, that's really what they're talking about. Now, it is being used right now and has been used for many, many years, even in our own current government, folks. They've been working on this for a long time. 
In fact, let me demonstrate some of that proof for you. As far back as 1967, 1967, Richard Nixon called for a new world order. The very next year, Nelson Rockefeller pledged to help support a new world order. Then you're thinking, well, the communists are never going to... Yeah, everybody's going to go into this, folks. Mikhail Gorbachev started calling for a new world order. So did George Bush Sr. We played the video on that last time we were on this topic. Uh, Bill Clinton called for a new world order. Tom Brokaw called for a new world order. So did Walter Cronkite, George Bush Jr., Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, prime ministers of Great Britain. Uh, Putin from Russia called for a new world order. China also called for one recently, and so did Iran. Even the Pope right now is going around saying, hey, we need a new world order. And then he goes anymore. Al Gore, we need to listen to him. Dramatic pause, fill in with laughter. <laughs> You'll get it maybe next time. All right, so uh, he says we need a new world order. Uh, former French President uh, Chirac said we need a new world order. David Rockefeller says we need a new world order. Nelson Mandela, Madeleine Albright, Robert Mueller, the former head of the UN, not only says we need a new world order. Listen to this quote. We must move as quickly as possible to a one world government, a one world religion under a one world leader. That's from the UN. Talk about being blunt. Now, this is what I said. Folks, nobody else on the planet, unless you understand this book, have any clue what in the world he just said. He is promoting the Antichrist kingdom that's going to happen during the seven-year tribulation. That's from the UN. George Soros, billionaire guy. He's out there right now calling for a new world order. Henry Kissinger has been calling for years for a new world order. In fact, he said recently, quote, Obama is primed to create a new world order. And shortly after that statement, lo and behold, President Obama started saying stuff like this, quote, all nations must come together to build a stronger global regime. And he's still out there right now, folks, all over the world declaring we need a new international order. Here's what he said recently over in Europe. Let's take a look at that. Leaders and dignitaries of the European Union, representatives of our NATO alliance, distinguished guests, we meet here at a moment of testing for Europe and the United States and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. Say what? international order that they just started on last week. So be prepared. Oh, I'm sorry. They've been working on it for a long time. Wait a second. International order. How about, how about, how about it? We're working for an American order to establish American democracy and the freedom of the republic and fulfill the Constitution and the Bill of... Isn't that what you kind of expect coming out of an American president's mouth? International order. Now, that's nothing. That's nothing. His cohort... Uh, Vice President uh, Joe Biden is even more blunt about it. Listen to what he said recently to a graduation class of military cadets in Colorado. Here's what he says we expect you, young whippersnappers, to focus on and help us build. Watch this. Vice President Joe Biden calls the newest graduate, the graduates of the Air Force Academy strategic thinkers as well as warriors and the future of the new world order. It allows us to refocus our intelligence and military assets and resources to other parts of the world where they are needed, where we face new challenges. This is the world you are graduating into. This is what I want to talk about today with you for a few minutes. I believe we, and particularly you, your class, has an incredible window of opportunity to lead in shaping a new world order for the 21st century. Say what? It sounds like they're, they're expecting it to be pulled off pretty soon because they're relying on the up-and-coming new leadership and military to be a part of That's kind of weird. That's the vice president. I mean, you would think he would say... He's going to encourage them at the graduating class in America. Hey, how about, guys, I, we're so excited. We thank you for your service to our country. Number one, thank you for your sacrifice. And we're looking forward to helping you, helping us as American people to protect American interests in the Constitution, upholding that in the Bill of Rights. You're encouraging them. We're excited for you because you're going to build this new world. What? Now, if you've also been paying attention to the news, somebody recently resigned from the military. 
and that was the defense secretary, Chuck Hagel. And uh, makes you wonder why he resigned. Listen to what he recently on camera admitted is being built right now. Listen to this interview. Could you give us a brief big picture of how dangerous you think this time of history is? Is, this, is it chronic annoyance or is it actual danger? And when will the United States see some end to these wars, especially the now 13-year war in Iraq, Afghanistan? Jim, I think um, we are living through uh, one of these historic defining times. I think we are seeing a new world order, uh, post-World War II, post-Soviet Union implosion, uh, being built. So, top military officials are letting the cat out of the bag that the new world order is being built now, reports said he disagreed with Obama's policies. It was one of the reasons why he resigned. I wonder if this is one of the policies. And he just couldn't take it anymore. Or maybe he got forced out because he disagreed. Now, if you think that's far-fetched, folks, even the secular media is admitting there is a massive mega-purging going on of American military leaders who specifically will not go along with the president's policies. Let's take a look at that. President Obama is leading a wholesale purging of military leadership, and no one knows why the moves are taking place. Nine senior generals have lost their command so far this year. Up to 200 other military leaders have been removed from the positions by the president in the last five years. A growing number of retired generals are questioning the reasons behind the removals. A few former leaders say the administration is removing military leaders who may have policy differences with Obama. Former generals and admirals say the president is also using dismissals to scare those who remain into complying with his policies. One former Navy SEAL is telling the press the president is removing military leaders who will not agree to disarm Americans. Hundreds of top military leaders leaving their posts since President Obama took office. Why, I ask, and who is filling that void? Joining us right now is the CEO of Concerned Veterans for America, Pete Hegseth. Captain, no longer, uh, you're still active, right, in the reserves? In the reserves, yep. So do you, do you sense there's a different, is it beyond attrition when we talk about these leaders retiring? I, I think it is. You know, you've seen five years under this commander-in-chief. He's got a different perspective on a lot of things affecting the military. He's got a perspective about what this military should look like and how it should be used. And over five years, you're going to see the warfighter, independent-minded types slowly sifted out and instead... Um, how might you put it, a little bit more, your, your house cats that are willing to go along with this agenda. What? Replace them with house cats who go along with your agenda. This is secular media. International order, new world order, global, and what do you do with those who disagree? The, the wise old generals, the more mature military personnel, dare I say, who's more patriotic? Apparently, even the, so much for a conspiracy theory, even the secular news is admitting what they're doing is this. There's an old switcheroo going on. You get rid of the older, more mature, patriotic ones, and you replace them with these younger house cats that you brainwashed into saying, what? You're going to help us build a new world order. Folks, you just take a look at what's going on in the news. If you know what the buzzwords, the codes words to pay attention to, somebody right now, even in our own country, is building a one-world government. We're getting that close, okay? But that's not all. The second proof we know we're headed for a one-world government is what I call the coercive proof, okay? The coercive proof, and the first way that we are being coerced, if you will, forced into going along with this is a universal uh, court system, okay? A universal court system. Well, Why? Well, because they've thought of everything, folks, step-by-step -step plan. You see, just in case you cannot be educated, or dare I say, re-educated into a compliant house cat. Meow. Right? That was the meow of the New World Order, for those of you wondering. Okay. <laughs> breathe, Donna, breathe. Okay. <laughs> then they're working on the legal means to make you to do it anyway, and they're doing that with the court system. And it's not just court systems. It's global court systems right now that is being formed across the planet that is going to take over the sovereignty of the United States. With the stroke of the pen, they're going to force us to go along with it. And believe it or not, that too is also the agenda 
of the Antichrist. He's going to make you do it, folks. And I believe court systems are one of the ways he's going to do that. And that's what we see now in the back half of this text, dealing with the false prophet working in cohorts with the Antichrist. Revelation 13, 11 through 18. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth this time. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. False prophet, he's also inspired by Satan. Now, he exercised all authority of the first beast on his behalf, and he made the earth and its inhabitants worshiped the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven in full view of men. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth. He ordered them to set up an image and honor the beast who was wounded by the sword yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to what? To be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his, pay attention to this, we'll see it later, forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had this mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If, any got, if you have any insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number. His number is 666. Okay? So the Bible clearly says that in the last days, the Antichrist gets a buddy a cohort, if you will, and that's called the false prophet. And the false prophet clearly says in the Bible, is not only going to dupe the whole world into worshiping the Antichrist, that's what we saw in the last topic with the one world religion, but it says there he's going to make them, he's going to order them, he's going to cause them, he's going to force them to do, in essence, whatever in the world he says he wants you to do, and if you don't do it, what's the penalty? You will die. Now, what's interesting there is the words there, make, Order, cause, and force. In the Greek, it literally means to carry out, to command, to direct, or to execute. And so you put all this together in the context, we got some serious global enforcement going on. Because that's the context. This isn't a section of the world. This is over the whole world. Okay? And so the question is, well, how in the world are they going to make, order, force, uh, cause people to do this? Well, I believe the first step is, again, the universal court system. And yes, folks, there's universal courts governing the planet right now. In fact, that's been going on for a while. In fact, as far back as July 2002, there went into effect the World Criminal Court. And the United States went along with that thanks to the signing of a treaty by Bill Clinton, his last day in office. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for forming that one world government. Okay, it's called the International Criminal Court. I'm not making this up. This is their logo. You can check it out yourself. It's a, a legit. It's the first permanent international criminal court with, quote, jurisdiction over crimes, threatening peace, security, and the well-being of the world, and it was negotiated by 160 countries. Now, that's the court system. What do you need in a court? You stand before the judge. Listen to this, folks. This is what's going on as we're sitting in this sanctuary. Chief justices from 60 different countries participated recently in India in this summit called the International Conference of Chief Justices of the World. I didn't vote on that, did you? That's what's going on right now. And why do they exist? To, quote, globally enact applicable world laws to protect the future of humanity, to end wars, to deal with the problem of terrorism, illiteracy, and that's right, Climate change. Because we all know, especially if you live near Buffalo, that global warming thing is spiraling out of control. As we saw before, it's another excuse to shove this kind of baloney through. Now listen, this isn't the first summit, folks. This is the 14th summit that I'm getting ready to quote the thing. And what they just said at this last one, these global judges, they said, this is freaky, the time is ripe for a peaceful revolutionary change. Pay attention to that phrase. Peaceful revolutionary change, which can bring countries together and unite them as one world. That's what they said at this conference, okay? Now, if you know your Bible, that's how the Bible says the Antichrist rises to power with a peaceful revolutionary change. It doesn't start with war. Read the Bible. Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through 2. The very beginning of the seven-year tribulation starts like this. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! And I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, obviously authority, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. And again, the context is global. 
Okay, And many people, in short, don't have time to really explode into this text too much, but would say that this is the passage dealing with the Antichrist and his rise to power in the seven-year tribulation, and I would agree. And if you notice there, he's riding on a white horse victory. He's got a, a bow, no arrows, and so many people believe that his rise to power is a bloodless coup. It, it's done in times of peace, not of war, maybe even with the stroke of a pen, like what these judges around the world are calling for right now. What was their phrase? We need one guy. We need a guy to control this planet right now. And the global governments to bring in a time of peace to end all these wars through a peaceful revolutionary change. That's Revelation 6, folks. That's exactly how the seven-year tribulation starts. Now you think, well, wait a second, that's going to happen. Then somehow they're going to have to convince even America Countries to give up their national sovereignty, right? That's exactly what they're calling for. At this, again, the same summit, listen to what they said. All countries, all countries must shed off a part of their sovereignty and come under the umbrella of the world parliament and world government. It's the only way to prevent the innocents from being slaughtered in brutal wars. Fanaticism and terrorism are global issues and need global laws. Listen, we judges, you know, around the world, we can make things happen. A world judicial system is the only way to solve global problems and ensure equality of all nations. Unless you think, listen, that our world is not truly ripe for, as they say, a peaceful revolutionary change, some guy to take over the planet for us and lead us into a time of peace, listen again to what the former, this is crazy, the former Belgian prime minister, Paul Henry Spack, said, this is how ripe Europe is for this right now. Let's take a look. He says, quote, we don't want another committee. Mm -mm. We've already got too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and to lift us out of this economic morass in which we are sinking. You know, it just doesn't seem to get better, this economy stuff. Listen, send us such a man, be he God or the devil, we will receive him. Direct quote. It's so bad for so long, no seeming solutions on the horizon. I don't care who you send me, even an antichrist, as long as he can guarantee the economy to swing around. That sounds like the average person today. They're more concerned about the economy than their place in eternity. It's, that attitude is even over here. Now, the second way that I believe that they're coercing us is not just through a court system, stroke of a pen, peaceful, revolutionary change, is if you think about it, um, the next way for the resistors anyway, is they're going to have a universal army, okay? And this is common sense because not everybody's going to go along with this, right? I would say obviously not, okay? And so therefore, if you're going to force people to do this, make them, tell them to do, as we saw there, the Antichrist is going to do with the false prophet, uh, you're going to need some sort of global strong arm, uh, arm or so global army or some force that's going to make people do it, right? Well, that's exactly what the Bible says is coming next after this false peace, uh, shocker, it's almost like God knows exactly how it's going to unfold. Revelation chapter 6, now verse 3 through 4. What's coming next after this false utopia, this false peace? Here it is. It's short-lived. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. And then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth. This is on a global basis. And to make men slay each other, and to him was given a large sword. In other words, it's going to be a horrible time of slaughter. And if you keep reading the text, that's exactly what it says. One-fourth of the earth is annihilated from this war that takes place. So according to the Bible, here is your correct order. Right after this fake false utopia, this fake false peace, this peaceful revolutionary change, this bloodless coup, it's going to be short-lived. There's going to come a global war, which means people are going to resist this. Which means, in order to put down those resistors and make them do it anyway, you're going to have to have some sort of global force at your hands, at your disposal, i.e. for the Antichrist, right? Can I tell you something, a little crone theory? Read between the lines. I think this is part of the brainwashing that's going on that we even just saw with our current administration, the vice president, telling the young up-and-coming military cadets, who are you fighting for? Not for Americans' freedoms and best interests and upholding the Constitution of the United States of America. You were depending on you to be a part of this new world order. They're being brainwashed. This is why there's been a purging of the older military guys who know better. 
There's an old switcheroo going on, okay? In fact, folks, they have been working on a global army for years. Tony Blair, again, the former uh, prime minister of Britain, said this, quote, he's been calling for years for NATO to, quote, become the military arm of a new world order rather than just a strictly a defensive alliance. If you're not familiar with NATO, how does NATO operate? You've got a multitude of nations who combine their armies, who go into a nation and do whatever they say needs to be done there, which, by the way, is overriding their sovereignty. See, see we just assume it's never going to happen here. It's never going to happen here. Okay? Now, believe it or not, some would say that this idea of creating a global army, even have a global army, foreign troops stationed in foreign countries as a part of that global army, has been actually in the planning stages for a long time too. Okay, I'm going to show you a map, and here it is. This is in 1952. This map here was produced by the, quote, World Association of Parliamentarians for World Government. This is back in 1952, and they put this together, this group, in 1952 in London. And to explain this map, it's all uh, sectioned out there, and you got the, it's kind of hard to read. You have to, I had to blow it up and stuff like that. And, uh, but they basically had the planet all sectioned out of whose army is going to be where. And you're thinking, well, that's easy. Here's America over here, and that's going to be... No. That plan, this plan, according to that map, what they want is they want to station here in America Chinese, Russian, Colombian, Venezuelan, and Belgian troops stationed over here in America, and they want the American troops over in Europe. And you're thinking, why would you do that? Well, you would think that it would be awfully hard for an American soldier to shoot a fellow American, but not if that soldier was from China here in America. And you think, you've got to be kidding me. They're actually calling for the Chinese military, the Russian military, Colombian, Venezuela, and Belgian troops here in America? Yeah. In fact, you know what's really creepy? I just came across this last week. Did you know that the Chinese military just finished, for the first time in American history, training on American soil? Yeah, watch this. This is amazing. Well, soldiers with the Hawaii National Guard recently joined their Chinese counterparts for an inaugural disaster training. Tech Sergeant Andrew Jackson has more. Hawaii National Guard search and rescue soldiers recently participated in the first ever search and rescue extraction training event between the U.S. and Chinese militaries. During the three-day disaster management exercise, search and extraction professionals got a chance to learn from each other while working hand-in-hand -in, -hand in a simulated disaster environment. Previous engagements involved planning and tabletop strategy sessions. This is the first time rescuers from the two nations have had the chance to work together in a field environment. Wow. Well, if that works so well, then hey, maybe sometime in the future, if there's some sort of global crisis, we could work together again. And, and, and then you could be over here, and then we could be over there, and we could all work together and bring peace to the planet. Now, if you don't think that this is going to work towards the ultimate goal of policing the nation, you better check out what France just did. They just struck a deal with the Chinese police. They hired them to police the French people. Watch this. This is crazy. In a decision which has surprised many, but which may simply be a sign of things to come, France will allow Chinese police to patrol tourist areas in Paris. For more than two centuries, it's been armed Frenchmen who have been patrolling the streets of foreign countries. Now that the shoe will be on the other foot, many in France can barely contain their surprise and indignation. The country should control things by itself. It's not right for foreign police to be stationed here. I agree with you, robot man from Paris. Oui, oui. No, seriously, folks, can you believe what's going on? What? I, I agree with that guy with no all humor side. What in the world is a communist country? Policing your country. You know, if I didn't know better, I'd say it's like maybe somebody came up with a map or something. And they had a plan. And the plan was to take foreign troops and put them over here because, you know, it's really hard for local troops to shoot other people in their country. when they're... And that's what you're seeing going on around the world. Now, what's really crazy is you put all this together and it's like a step-by-step -step conditioning. And where it's now advanced, it makes these words from Henry Kissinger, who's calling for this new world order, sound like maybe it's not too far off. Anybody notice that there's some riots going on lately? Listen to what Henry Kissinger foretold many years ago. 
maybe we're not too far off from it. He said this, quote, today, America would be outraged if UN troops entered LA to restore order. Tomorrow, they will be grateful. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished, you know, those house cats, for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by a world government who apparently is working on having their own world army. But it's okay. You can have a foreign country come over here and tell you what to do. Anybody starting to see a pattern? Now, here's the assumption here. So you might be thinking, and rightly so, I would say, hey, listen, man, there's no stinking way that any good red-blooded American soldier is going to go along with this baloney uh, and link hands and help be a part of creating a universal army. There's no way. Well, see, the problem is you're thinking that the soldier of the future is even going to have that choice. Believe it or not, folks, they are actually working on with the technology of having remote-controlled soldiers. And it all started with our current president's exciting announcement that we need in this time of horrible economic chaos. Here's the new program he says we've got to focus on. Watch this. It's called the Brain Initiative. U.S. President Barack Obama has proposed a 100 million U.S. dollar initiative to map the human brain's activity in unprecedented detail, saying this 1.4 kilogram organ remains largely a mystery. As humans, we can identify galaxies light years away. We can study particles smaller than an atom, but we still haven't unlocked the mystery of the three pounds of matter that sits between our ears. I wasn't going to say that. Now, you don't get this until you get the timing of when he made this big, giant announcement. Now, first of all, $100 million, that would probably help provide some jobs. What do you think? The timing of this, here's the big thing, here's the announcement, we have to announce our new agenda to help things out. This, the timing is this, when people in our country were out of work and still are losing jobs, unemployment is out of control, they're losing their homes, and you come out and you did this. During that time frame, in the height of it, you said our biggest need right now is to map the human brain. What? It didn't make sense to me until... I ran across who got the funding for this brain initiative program. And the entity that's got the funding for this is called DARPA. DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And we've already seen before, this is the same group who is working on creating superhuman enhancements for soldiers. Like, as we saw before, superhuman strength, superhuman endurance, superhuman flight, superhuman protection, superhuman pain tolerance, etc. And now, thanks to this brain initiative money, DARPA has now been funded to work on a new superhuman brain chip to be implanted in a soldier's brain to, to help enhance their memories, of course. Let's take a look at that. Back in April of 2013, President Obama unveiled the Brain Initiative, a bold new research effort looking at the brain. The White House pledged to spend $100 million to study how our brains work. One year into the initiative, there's some big news to report. The next few months, highly secretive U.S. military researchers say they'll unveil the advancement of brain implants that could one day restore a wounded soldier's memory. The Defense Advancement Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, is behind the sophisticated memory stimulator. While this is great news for those who have suffered brain injuries, some people see it in a different light. Manipulating memories in people could open up an ethical minefield. Yeah, I'd say so. So now you give this money to these guys who are developing this chip that can go in there and wipe out your memories. I wonder if you were asked to do something really egregious. Zzz, you don't remember a thing. Maybe it's something more than just, it is something more. If you continue to do the research, folks, that's just the beginning. It's not just wiping out your memories. It still lets you create a remote control soldier. Even the Science Channel admits they're working on this. Watch this. Brain-machine interfaces, a technology that marks the beginnings of a new kind of man, the cyborg, the robot man. Neuro-robotic technology can be applied in different directions. The brain controlling the machine or, inversely, the machine controlling the brain. But a third option is also possible. 
one brain controlling another brain via the interface. Two electrodes in the sensory cortex of the rat send stimuli to the zones connected to its whiskers. When the rat follows the signal sent to its left side and turns in that direction, it is rewarded with a discharge into its pleasure zone. This discharge produces a flow of dopamine, providing instant pleasure. This zone is also called the brain's reward center. We possess a reward center too, just like the rat. In the process of creating a cyborg, this is square one. If we send a stimulus to the zone related to the hand, we create a sensation in that area. In the same way, via the motor cortex, we can provoke an involuntary movement. In Boston, the first machine-brain interface trials have already been conducted on paraplegic patients. Thanks to an electrode chip called the BrainGate, they can operate a computer remotely by thought. So it's no coincidence that these researches are partly funded by DARPA, the US's defense research agency. Neuroscience will bring us the soldier of the future. Who apparently will be a part of a global army to do whatever the world, the Antichrist, wants them to do and make him feel good about it. This is not 50 years down the road. This is current technology that's currently being employed even upon us. You put all the pieces together and it only makes sense when you understand the scripture. This is part of the, listen, satanic Antichrist kingdom. You don't want to be a part of it. And this is why Jesus clearly says, folks, oh, by the way, the mark of the beast, there's two places on the human body to take this particular mark. It's not just the right hand. We focus on that a lot. Where's the other option? In your head. Wow. Jesus said, when these things begin to take place, what do you do? Freak out and run to the hills. Are you kidding me? This is good news, folks. Jesus Christ is coming back to get it. And if you love him, ooh-wee, that's good news. I can't wait to see him. I don't know about you. That's good news. But hey, let's not get there empty-handed. Let's get busy telling people this, this stuff is not make-believe. This has never happened before in the history of mankind. You can't say, oh, you've been saying this for 50 years. State. No, it doesn't stay the same. This is radically different. Okay? And that's the point. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you need to become one right now. There's only one way. His name is Jesus Christ. There's only one way out of this mess that's coming, and that's through that cross right there. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of all your sins. Trust in his work and his work alone, as Michaela said and you shall be saved. Not just from that, but forevermore, for all eternity. Do it today. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. 
And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, You shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you, that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind, he knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says, we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us 
with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.